The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're joined with a very special guest. He was a former first-round draft selection and a massive part of the Cincinnati Reds rotation. It is Nick Lodolo. What's up, brother? How we doing? Good, man. Appreciate you having me. Listen, let's go into it. I mean, let's fucking let's hit the elephant in the room here. So this is all time. This was an all time interaction. And I want to be the first to kind of tip my cap to you because a lot of guys would have folded or a lot of guys would have been like, fuck this guy uh, or not understand the whole joke of it. So you and I got in the mud a little bit, which is rightfully so is hilarious. I, I, I didn't take it that much personal. I know you didn't either, but uh, I'll go into it for the people. So I asked a Y for you to come on the show. And obviously like, you're not quite familiar with podcasts. I'm assuming you don't listen to podcasts. So I told you, you asked him like how many followers I had. And I just, see the thing is you probably asked him more stuff than that, but I just bit onto like the followers part as a part of the content. So I was like, that's what I'm going to be coming at. So let's go into the interact. So he asked you, and then you were like, what the fuck is this podcast? Yeah. A Y. I mean, Every day he's always saying some shit. So I'm out there and I'm like, uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, my buddy wants you to go on his podcast. And I'm like, all right, you know how many times I've heard that? Like, I'm, like I, this is, I'll be honest, I don't, besides a Reds podcast, I've never been on one. So like, this is the first one. I just don't, I don't like, I, I just don't do it. I don't listen to him. So it's really not my thing. But um when he told me that too and he's telling me about him and i'm like hey well, i don't even know who this guy is like how many followers this guy got like what are we what are we doing <laughs> and that's when he told you that and then you posted that and at first i was like what like what what is this like basically kind of like all i did was ask who this guy was yeah and then honestly when you made the video though i was like that's actually that's kind of funny like and that's why <laughs> i sent it to you and i was like I'm all in. That's that's actually. Funny. I respect and listen. This is gonna form like. So I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the list of the transaction. So it started off like I, I was obviously pissed, and then I just tweeted like like five minutes after when, when like when we were done DMing, I was like, shocking turn of events. Nick Lodolo might be the best man at my wedding. Like that's how it just <laughs> turned around. We started out as enemies, and I was like, I fucking will die for this guy now. So it was it was an all time interaction. It was just. Is that's why we do this, man. That's what I try to do here with the game of baseball, man. I think it's just 
it's so boring and like the way you guys get covered is so boring so i just try to bring fun to it and uh yeah man so i like it was electric and I, it's such a funny interaction. I had people DMing me like players that you've played against and like guys like, what the fuck? Like Dolo is a good deal. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like it was just <laughs> fucking funny. So I, I am fired up to have you on, man. So let's go into it here. So I want to go into something that makes you kind of original and stuff like that. You've been drafted twice first round. So when, yeah. when you went first, like the first time you went out of high school, first round, why obviously the money was probably a factor as well, but, how hard was that for you to kind of be like, fuck no, like I'm not, I'm not going to go uh, pro right, right off the bat. Uh, it, it was, it was a tough decision, but I'll be honest. So when they never, the pirates, they didn't um, like, usually when you're getting like on draft day, you don't really have a deal worked out, but like they got a good idea and they kind of, that's why they pick you like, you know, and they, they never, they never called like before the pick or anything. And they just shot in the dark, pick me. <laughs> Uh, and probably just thought that like they could get me to sign. Um, but it's really, at, it just was something at the time that didn't feel right. Like it, there was just something with me that was kind of like, that's not the right move right now. Um, and I mean, I knew I was going to a good place at TCU and I, I believe, yeah, it, yeah, obviously it worked out for me, but, um, even if it didn't, I, I honestly don't think I would be too mad at my decision. Um, I really love uh tcu and just the city of fort worth that's where i live now so yeah do you think the tiger or do you think the pirates look back at you being gone and like just look at you as the one that got away i mean have you had like a couple uh appearances against them i don't know if you pitched against them this year did you yeah i threw against them uh once this year okay so that's like yeah you're like the one that got away but i mean so obviously and i'm a big advocate here for going to school before you go into the minors because it's a god day. It, it is a tr- it is the trenches in the minor leagues, right? And I can't even imagine how some of these eighteen year old, nineteen year old guys do it. Did that play a massive factor? Like, did someone give you any advice and be like, "Listen, man, like you're really good. Um, let's I mean, let, let's go to college first here and kind of at least get your feet under you, and so you can learn a little bit more about yourself instead of going to uh, college." Yeah, I had I had both sides. Uh, I've heard both sides from uh, guys that I knew previous that signed out of high school and guys that went to college and then played pro ball. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, that was a big part for me was I, I'll be, I don't think I was ready for pro ball, just kind of be fully tossed out there by myself. At least in college, you still got someone looking after you and everything. Yeah. And did part of you also kind of want to experience life as like a college, uh, student, like, like obviously you wanted to go to like the game days at TCU, kind of get after, have fun with the, your team and stuff like that, go to the bars. So did that kind of play a factor as well? Like you just wanting to experience life as a college student, like, just yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that definitely played a part into it. How many offers did you? Because I mean, let let's be honest here. Like, let's not beat around the bush. You were a dog in high school. I mean, you went first overall. So let let's let's not beat around the bush. So, how many offers did you have out of high school? Like, was there tons of teams knocking like knocking on your door? Like, what was your final five? Uh, I would say I didn't. My final. I don't know if I had a final five. My final three were really it was um, UCLA, Arizona, and TCU. I was. Really, honestly, I probably would have ended up at UCLA um, had UCLA. They just kept taking for a long time in the recruiting process. Kind of, um, It was kind of like, hey, we'll come see you, and they wouldn't show up. So it was kind of just at that <laughs> point, too, I was like – and TCU really wanted me. So it just at, at the time, it was kind of just like I also wanted to go there as well. But it was like I feel like I'm really, like, wanted, you know. So that, that made the decision. It honestly wasn't that hard. 
Yeah, I mean, UCLA is a sick school, though, but I, don't, I think TCU is kind of like the best college experience you can get. But this is completely off topic, but I talked about this with AY because uh, I'm a Michigan guy. That that guy was in, right? Roman <laughs> Wilson was in. His ass was in the end zone or what? Where, where do you stand on that as an unbiased as an unbiased football viewer? Where do you stand on that? I mean, he he caught the ball not in the end zone. And then, I mean, but, yeah, when do you can determine he has possession? I mean, I guess if he's already – because he's down when he had the ball. So, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but – I mean, if your guy just doesn't fumble the football, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's true. It's a good point, man. But and, and I mean, obviously, you go into TCU, and I talked about this with uh, Ay like the first time I had him on. We've had a lot of guys from University of Texas on this podcast. On are they the most hated Big Twelve school? Because I have a funny story. I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago. I told this to Ay, and there was this guy at this Vegas Golden Knights game, fully in University of Texas gear. I have no idea why. And I did the horns down to him as a joke because I was I was dry at a couple beers. I was drunk, and he like legitimately tried to fight me in the in like the the concourse. So is that like the is there like a massive hate just all around just with Texas and the Big Twelve? Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing there, I would I would say so. Uh, I actually met a couple of Texas guys just like after, um, like being in pro ball and stuff. Great dudes. Um. <laughs> But I think, yeah, just the whole UT thing, kind of like while you're there, you're like, ah, this just isn't it. Is it hard to play there, though? Like, cause I, I've seen pictures of, like, how many people they actually get at their stadium, and, like, it's always just a cra- – and you got the Occupy Left Field boys as well that are yeah, I would, psycho? No, I wouldn't say it's it's hard to play at. Um, Grant, yeah, when I went there, we weren't very good, so I think we got swept. But we had – it was honestly every time I think I played them at – our place, we swept them, and we went there, and then they swept us. It was just like a trade-off. But I wouldn't say it was, like, that hard. Like, after playing at places like Arkansas, like, those are, like, those fans are – they're different. Yeah, they're wild. They're absolutely wild. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that junior season because, obviously, the junior season was kind of when you, like, took over TCU. I mean, two four five ERA is that good, you tell me. Or two three six ERA, sorry. Um. What was that junior year like? I mean, did you what did you change that offseason like to kind of become that Friday night guy that like that just dominated the Big 12? Yeah, uh really I honestly changed my slider like grip. Uh just it made it a little firmer and so I was th- I started throwing a lot more strikes with it. I think that was probably what made me a lot more successful. Um my uh it's kind of always been the same pitch. It's just it used to be slower, and so it would be harder to throw for a strike and everything. So that kind of that helped a lot. Um, and probably just knowing you're – by that point, too, you're three, you got more confidence and stuff, and you're just going after dudes. Yeah, that's – I couldn't imagine even being a Friday guy to D1 like that. But So then that year you get drafted, obviously, by the Reds in the first round. Was that the team – like we always talk about here, like the teams that are the most interested in you. Was that the team that was the most interested in you, or were they like kind of like a out-of-the-woodwork type of team? No, I, I felt uh, honestly kind of as we got close to the draft, probably like the last two weeks, that that was going to be probably like a, a landing spot. Um, I mean – you have some teams in front of that, but at least just, I mean, you're, you're getting information too from your agent stuff, but I, they, they didn't come out of the woodworks. I think I even had a meeting with them like a week before the draft and I thought it went well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And by the way, I just saw this Mark McGuire went to your high school. Yeah. For, I think for like a year, 
Oh, okay. I thought he was like a three. Yeah, I don't like, think he went there the whole time, but yeah, I oh, know okay. he definitely did. I mean, that's a sick guy to go to your high school. Was your high school team nasty in Cali? Yeah, we were pretty good. Um, honestly, you get to like California, just so I don't. In every state, is different. Like Texas, they call like it like six A is like the highest. You call it Division One in California. Like all Division One high school teams uh, at that point, like are pretty. You have a lot of guys that are playing college ball. We had probably about five. And the team we lost to actually my senior year rolled out all starting nine were committed division one. <laughs> that is yeah, see, being, kind of stupid. Dude, see, being from Canada, bro, like we don't see that. Like it's so it's just it's crazy. I can't believe like uh that is absurd. I couldn't imagine like how nasty that team was. If you don't throw 90 in California, like in my mind, being Canadian, if you don't throw 90 in California, like when you're like in high school, I'm assuming you're just not even on the starting rotation. Is that true? Uh, at some places, probably it's kind of crazy. So actually my, my high school catcher, uh, is a part, he's in the Reds organization too. And so, uh, I mean, that's, it's just kind of a fun fact. It's kind of cool. <laughs> that's, all mean, that's, kind of, that's all time. Did you have a massive, like, did you have a uh, massive draft party? Were you one of those uh, guys? I, I had a, we had just, so our, my draft party was, uh, junior year we had just lost the day before in regionals at arkansas so we actually the day of the draft we flew back and we just like watched it as like a team so yeah i mean it was pretty good size um but yeah it was pretty cool did you know you were going first round was that like a guarantee consensus you were going yeah. first round yeah yeah, yeah I, I had a good idea but I, I thought i was going at least i didn't think i was going to fall past i think the Blue Jays or the Mets? If you'd have went to the Blue Jays, uh, that would have just been all like time. Our... We'd have been best friends if you'd have went to the, the Blue, Blue Jays. Blue Jays were 11. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, if I was there, I think that's where I was going. Um, But I was off the board. I mean, y'all got Manoa, so. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was actually the year Uh, my really good friend of the podcast, Bryson Stock, got drafted. He, uh, I think he yeah. went to the Phil. Yeah, he, I was at his draft party in Vegas. He went to the Phillies 14, I think. So that was your year. Yeah, so yeah. what? That's a crazy draft year, actually. That draft class uh, is actually turning out to be pretty solid. I mean, so far. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good draft class. But I wanted to – so you step foot in the minor leagues, and obviously I think the low A spot or the – yeah, so you, you step foot in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Is that Ohio, Dayton, Ohio? Yeah. What was your, like, first experience in the minor leagues? Because obviously you're living the D1 lifestyle. You're coming up with a D1, all that type of stuff. How hard was it for you to kind of adjust to the lifestyle of like dog shit meals, dog shit hotels, and like long ass bus rides and long bus trips? Yeah, I mean, it honestly, it wasn't terrible. So I actually went um, when I got drafted. I went to short season up in Billings, Montana. Oh my god, dude! That place. That's a that's that's a place. That's a place. Yeah. The, so our facility there was actually really nice, but like we'd go to like Idaho Falls and like Great Falls, uh, those places were rough. <laughs> but it was honestly kind of fun. It was um, so they kind of the Reds split it up. So like the high school kids would stay in like the AZL, and then all the college guys they would draft they sent to Billings. So it was like you were just on like a college like all star team in a way. It was, so it was kind of fun. Um, we had a good time. 
Did you play with our guy India? Was India with you coming up? No, India was a year before me. Oh, year before? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, do you have any, like, funny minor league stories from your career? Because, like, I'll, I'll give you a couple of backgrounds. I always talk about this in the podcast. We've had stories of, like, I'll, I'll, I'll send you this video because I think it's a Reds video of a fan um, climbing the foul pole and getting a snapshot when he's, like, blackout drunk. Like, there's no security there in Billings. I think it's in Billings. And then we've had a, like, a fan bring a machete to a game story. We've had a fan, like, wait outside of a team bus to like fight a player i like we've had crazy stories on this podcast do you have any no, i've had nothing nothing wild like that what's like a city you visited then where you're like where the fuck am i right now or like just From a hotel you great stayed falls, at or anything like that great falls montana <laughs> you literally roll up this the field is terrible <laughs> and i mean we stayed at days in on fourth of july i remember we were lighting fireworks off in the back of the days in yeah uh there's just nothing there. Like this baseball field was just like in a dirt lot. Like it was terrible. Oh my God. I'm looking at this field. Jesus, man. Like what? So for example, you being like a first round guy, obviously, right? Like, were you just like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Like just being in great falls. I mean, you're probably staying in like a, it's probably like a high school field. Let's be realistic here. This is like a high school field. What was it like? Just kind of having to prepare and like, get ready for that type of stuff like that. I mean, it just, it's, it's not even the real baseball field looks like here. Yeah. I mean, it, it was tough, but honestly, like I, I feel like you kind of just accepted it. Cause like you knew what you were getting yourself into. So it didn't really surprise you. You just kind of showed up and we're like, yeah, well, this is what I expected. <laughs> I still remember the bullpen at great falls too. Like the backstop was just wood pallets. <laughs> well, I mean, that is, that is absurd, dude. That yeah, is the, the bullpen. You can't even see the field from it. It's like tucked in like right field, like outside of the field. And it has like just one like spotlight as like the camera. Being that first rounder though, like how bad would you get it from fans? Like would fans be coming at you if you had like a bad inning or like would, would drunk like, cause I listen, these are in small towns where these dudes have nothing else to do. Like these fans have nothing else. Like that baseball team is all they have. So would you get it from a couple drunk fans during your little minor league career there? Not, not in Billings. Um, honestly, I'm trying to think of where I'd even, I feel like everywhere I went though, I never really got, no one really said anything. Really? What about the autograph seekers? Did you get it bad with the autograph seekers? Oh, dude. Those you you start finding different ways out of the stadium. Really? Like, yeah, like you obviously you're like, I'll sign, I have no problem doing it, but it's it got to the point it's like every day and it's like, all right, man, I've probably signed five cards for you now. Like <laughs> you come here every day. You know? Yeah, dude. I actually I, I have a rule here. Like I was I, I came up with a rule that there should be an age limit on auto, like autograph seekers pregame. Like if you are under the age of like What's an eight? 15, 16? You shouldn't be allowed to like be like down the first base or third baseline with like a, just a full deck of cards for someone to sign. I think there should be a rule like that because the kids obviously care about it, but it's like the autograph seekers yeah. are crazy, bro. Yeah. I like, I have no, if I see a kid to it, a kid asks me, usually 90% of the time, if I don't have anything going on, I 100% I'll stop. Um, yeah. It's just like the guy, but the thing is though, they're the same ones usually. It's the, like same the same dude, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, I know for a fact somewhere in here I've definitely signed something for you already. So, like, 
I don't know. Like, what do you need? Ten cards? <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Listen, I'm not going to knock the hustle, but I just think they're the biggest clowns of all time. Like, I really do think they're the biggest clowns. I actually have a funny story. I think I've told it on here before. Like, I was in Cincy I, for that Diamondback series where I think it got rained out, and uh, it was Ashcraft and Hunter Green pitched both those games. I went to go visit Jordan Luplo and uh, Hager. And there is autograph seekers at Cincy games that are insane. Like they are like older, like older dudes. And I got into a fight with one of them because I was trying to talk to the guys that I drove nine hours from Toronto to see. And these guys were like, I, he said to my buddy, I would ask you for an autograph, but I don't know what your name is. And I'm like, what the, who says this type of shit? Is there guys (laughs) like that in Cincy where it's like, these dudes are like crazy. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's been some guys, too, you like, they're like, what's your name? And you're like, well, then why am I signing stuff? Like... <laughs> It's wild. They ask the player, what's your name? Like, if you don't know who I am just based off, like, my face, you clearly don't care about the baseball team, and you clearly, like, yeah. are, you're selling this autograph. It's wild. Yeah. I, I hate those. Like, have you had any stories of, like, people just being kind of, like, overly persistent or, like, annoying with it, or, like, a, you had to tell a fan to, like, step away or some stuff like that? Uh, Not really. There's just some stuff. Like, you want to send, like, a guy will just hand you, like, a blank sheet of paper, and it's like, yeah, like, can I get your autograph? And it's like, no, I'm not just signing a white sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I like I said, I think those dudes are just the worst human beings on the planet. I really do. I'd say <laughs> I get it a lot. Like I have people DM me. I think when we had Musgrove on the show, someone DM'd me and said, Hey man, can you ask Musgrove to sign this like jersey of it? I'm like, no, like what? Why why the fu- I'm not your fucking middleman for your autograph. What? I just find it. <laughs> They're crazy, man. They really are crazy. Those those people they are. Just, and they're... don't get me wrong. There's there's some out there that mean well and everything, um, and that do really support the team and stuff. So I hope those people. I mean, I don't know who they are, but I hope I get them. But other than that, yeah, it's just some people. You're like, all right, like, did you hear every day? Yeah, it's just absurd. But let's go into the team, man. I mean, listen, I got to see it firsthand when the Reds came to Toronto. That though you guys got a three-headed monster with you, Hunter Green, and Ashcraft. I want to talk about just pitching with those two dudes. Like, first of all, they throw fucking fuzz. Like, yeah, what's hard. it like watching these guys day in and day out, especially a specimen like Hunter Green, man? That guy is special. Yeah. It, it's so it's funny. So they both throw gas, but they're it's just two completely different pitchers. Yeah. Um, so like I'll start with Graham, for example. Graham. Graham throws hard, and I mean, it just it 
it looks hard and heavy. But like, so you think of a guy that throws a hundred, Graham Graham doesn't strike out that many people, but the dude's ground ball rate is absurd because he just throws power sinkers at like literally like a hundred, and it's not even sinkers. Like he has a two seam that's just as hard, so he'll throw that and he'll throw his fastball, but it's naturally like a cutter. So if you look at the metrics on it, they're like hundred mile an hour cutters that he's throwing. Jesus Christ, man! So Graham, I mean, everything he throws is hard. Um, He's, I know he's been working on his slider right now, too. I actually saw it last week, and we were at Nashville. Uh, up our, our pitching coach lives there. So we were up at uh, Vandy's, uh, like, pitching lab, throwing bullpens, and I was watching him throw, and he looks really good. He is so uh, – he kind of came out of nowhere, too, right? Like, was he, like, a massive, like, top 10, top 5 prospect? Or, like, where did he kind of – No. Like- Graham uh, – He's always throwing hard and then just kind of put it together in 2021. I I remember being in Chattanooga and he came up and he was shoving. I was like, this dude's legit. And um, I mean, he just really carried it into the next year. So it wasn't like it was just a, like a one hit, like wonder thing. It's because him and him and green are kind of on like the opposite sides. Like green was like hyped up coming up, like massive prospect who everyone knew about, everyone heard about. And then you got Ashcraft who I, to be honest with you, I had no idea who he, who he was. Until last year, yeah. I just saw him pitching. I'm like, this dude is going to be nasty for a long period of time. What's it like playing with Hunter Green, man? I mean, first of all, the what he throws so hard, it looks natural. Like it looks like he just doesn't give a fuck it, when he throws. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the two completely different types of hundreds. <laughs> so it's so easy, man. I, it's I don't even know how to explain. It's literally just it pops out of his hand, like something you've never seen. It's smooth, easy. Um, it's like he's pitching at 102 as like a power pitcher, but like also commands the baseball. It's insane, dude. So where like Graham just blows up the zone at 100, like Hunter is still like Hunter pitches with command at like different quadrants. I mean Graham does too, but it's just completely different. It's dude, it's I tell you all the time, it's it's nuts. It's, it's something you like I had never seen anything close to it. It I don't think many people have, man. I seriously don't know like how you like a team faces that three headed monster of you three on a weekend series. Like I, it just, I got to see it firsthand, man. When you guys played the D backs, I was like, I don't know how hitters face this stuff, dude. It's crazy. But is Hunter green. Like, would you say one of the most like impressive pitchers you've ever played with, or is someone else in that, in that uh, category? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely put him. I would put him at the top because people forget about Hunter too is, I mean, the guy's I think 22 years old. Insane. Insane. He might be 23 now, but last year he was doing that at 22 years old. Like at 22 years old, I was sitting at home during COVID waiting to go to the alt site. (laughs) (laughs) If I would have pitched at 22, I would have gotten absolutely rocked, which matter of fact, I did. I threw in like those exhibition games before COVID. Oh, no. At 22, I gave up three homers in a row. No. To who? Yeah. The Tigers. Do you know what players it was? It wasn't Miggy. Miggy didn't get you, did he? No, Miggy didn't get me. No, I, I think he was probably two for two, though. But like, <laughs> I, when I think about it, I'm like, all right, at 22, Hunter's out here doing this. At 22, I got two innings and got absolutely rocked. <laughs> I mean, it, it is wild, man. But I wanted to go into that as well. Like, 
the biggest difference for you from the big leagues to I know it's a cliche answer probably it's probably just the how like they hit mistakes but what is the biggest difference like you notice especially that first month you had uh playing up playing in the show for Cincy yeah I mean yeah the cliche answer is they hit mistakes I mean it's true they just don't miss them um the biggest thing is really I think you just have to set your pitches up better um, with everything, it's hard. It's a lot harder to double up on stuff. Um, a lot of things like that. I mean, I could go deeper into it, but I'm not going to go that deep. Yeah, I'm too dumb to realize or just even know what that what it mo- most of the like the stuff you go deep in with would mean. But it is crazy, dude. Like, you see a firsthand like a massive pitching prospect will come up to the show and he'll just get absolutely like shelled or he'll have like struggle a little bit. So it is, it is. Would you say that's like a that's a I'm trying to describe here, like, because I heard that the jump from double from high, no, from A to double A is a massive jump, but obviously the MLB one is the is the biggest jump. But what would you say is the biggest jump then for like minor league baseball from double A to A, or what, what? What is it in minor league baseball? Yeah, uh, dude, it's hard to say because I pitched in rookie ball, and then I threw like seven innings in low A and then we had COVID year. So then I pitched in double A and then I pitched in triple A. Barely. I threw, oh. honestly, I didn't think there was a huge difference between high A and double A or I guess low A and double A. Um, maybe a slight, but. Cause we always hear probably. on here is like a lot of the guys like from high from A to double A, you notice like they're a lot more polished and like more ex- like professional hitters. But I guess it does if you didn't pitch that much in A, like low A, I guess you can't really even see that. That makes sense. But but in the show, what was like your first like, all right, these hitters are a little bit different? Like first experience you had where you threw a pitch and you're like, How the fuck did this dude hit this out? Um God. You know, there's one that really stands out. Um, it was later in the year. It wasn't even like er- early on the balls that got hit out off me, like were just center cut, just absolutely getting hammered. So like those I expect to. There was one that I made like a pretty good pitch on uh, against the Re- Rob Ref Snyder Red Sox. Yes. Um, whether, I don't know, whether he actually – he reacted to it or if he was cheating to it, I have no idea. I mean, kudos to him. He hit it like 450. Uh, I threw him like an 0-1 fastball up and in, and I don't know if he swung through it, fouled it off, but it was a good pitch, whatever. So I went back to it, and the next pitch was I'm pretty sure he was even harder and, and even more up and in, like in the perfect spot. And this dude just absolutely clears me out. That was like <laughs> the first time like that had like – I had thrown a ball like – in the right spot like up there and just getting cleared out like for something and i was like holy <laughs> shit like <laughs> yeah he got me uh what what point of the year last year did you like kind of settle in or feel like the most comfortable you think uh honestly when i kind of came back from i had like three starts and then i had uh an oblique uh yeah strain and then I came back, and honestly, when I ever since I came back, I kind of felt pretty comfortable. Um, but I mean, don't, as as the year went on, just every start, um, you definitely I got more comfortable, and I, I think probably after maybe about like my tenth start, I started to go on a pretty good run. 
So what's like your pregame routine? What are you doing? Are you eating something specific or like what type of music you listening no, to? Maybe dude, you're throwing I'm, in a dip. No, I'm so loose on that. I I don't even have like a full routine because I, I just don't like to, I, I don't like to think that much. I just, I'm talking to everybody like it's a normal day. I don't sit there like <laughs> quiet. I don't, I don't listen to music. I I literally just walk around like it's a normal day. No, no Zen pouches, not even a little dip, nothing, huh? You just no. keep it real. Dude, I do. And I don't know, like, that's just what I do. I, I talk to everybody. Like, I don't like to, like, sit there and just think and all that. It's Have you tried good. the serious approach before where you just, like, you're, like, yeah. movie holiday type where you don't talk to anyone? It just never worked for you? Yeah, and it's just, it's so out of character that, like, I just don't like it at all. I, I, I can feel that. That makes sense. I mean, I... It's just I find it crazy when you have these guys that like will sit in the dugout and just like say to guys like don't talk to me, which is wild. Like I, I guess it's to each its own. But is there guys uh, in that staff that are just dialed in at the at their starts where it's just you know not to even come anywhere near them? Yeah, I mean, there's not that you can't go near them, but there's definitely guys that don't talk that much. I feel like Hunter doesn't talk that much. He's pretty locked in. Um, Graham, I can talk to Graham at any time. Um, we're kind of similar in that aspect, but other than that, like Mally, Mally wouldn't really talk, uh, when he would throw, especially Mike minor, Mike was always, yeah. Mike was pretty locked in. Um, yeah, honestly now on start day, probably before it starts, but like I never even talked to Mike. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, it just, I guess it depends on teach its own and stuff like that, but what was, yeah. uh, so, so a couple more things here. So obviously last year you got a chance to pitch in the field of dreams game. I, if, I, I obviously remember it. It was sick. What was that like, man? I mean, that was that's on a national stage. I'm I'm assuming there was a couple million people watching that game. What was that like to pitch in yeah. that? Yeah, that was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, kind of a weird setup though. Like you just like our team flew in from New York. Yeah. Uh, that day, and um, you like you bus in. And you just kind of, you get there. It's like, it's like a show and go. There's like a makeshift training room. There's no like weight room. It's just throw your stuff on, take a team picture, BP, like let's roll. So, I mean, there's just a lot going on that day, but it is a great experience. How I hard mean, was it to get like your family tickets? I thought there, I know there was only like 3000 seats there, 5,000 seats. How hard was it to get like friends and family tickets to that game? Yeah, you couldn't get a ton. I Luckily, I, I think I had probably about four tickets that so my family was there and uh that my fiance now she was there um so other than that they were i mean if you wanted more than that you probably weren't getting them um i didn't they kind of just told us from the beginning like don't uh tell a whole bunch of people that you're going to be getting them tickets yeah that i mean so how nervous were you for that though like because obviously you're pitching probably is I think I'm assuming that that was probably your first time pitching on like a national stage. So before that game where like, obviously you probably weren't thinking about that, but were the nerves a little bit different before that? No, honestly, not really. It honestly probably even less. It just felt like you were playing like a game in like the backyard. Like you were just literally just rolling it out. Like it was a lot of fun. Like I, at no point was I kind of ever like, Oh, it's like a national stage. It just didn't feel like it because it's not very big. Yeah, I guess that's true. But one guy that took the stage there, and I want to ask you about him because Amir also uh, talks about how great of a teammate he is. What's it like playing alongside Joey Votto, Canada's hero? Yeah, Joey's a great dude. Um, Joey, I'm trying like 
every conversation I have with Joey is different. It's like, <laughs> it's, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, he's a great dude. Uh, he takes care of us really well. Um, but Joey is very serious and stuff. Like I still have to kind of feel him out during the game. It's like, I don't know if I can joke with Joey yet or like, <laughs> you know, like if he's, if he's locked in. So during the game, I, I honestly, I don't ever really talk to Joey. Really? So he, is he like that locked in? Cause obviously he has kind of like a uh, relaxed personality and stuff like that. But during the game, is it impossible to uh, like talk to him or is it no, just like, it's just... definitely not impossible. He'll Joey will definitely talk to you and have yeah. no problem. It's just kind of like if usually if I'll hear him talking, I'll kind of just listen to him versus like me going up and just kind of shooting the shit with him. What's like the funniest story you've had? Or like the first interaction you had with Votto? With Joey? Oh, God, what was my first? Or just like, what was one thing where you're oh, like, this is Joey yeah, Votto? We, we were in spring training, and uh, Farmer was out at playing short, and I had no idea Farmer was a shortstop. I thought that he was a catcher because that's what he did with the Dodgers. And I, I he was on a rehab assignment in Loway, and he was my catcher. Yeah. Um. So he's out at shortstop during spring training, and I'm just like, I think I might have even asked Amir or somebody. Maybe it was Cody Reed. I was like, "That's my Farmer guy too." Short? I fucking really? love Cody Reed, dude. Cody's a great dude. And so I was like, "I was like, Farmer plays short." And without even one of them responding, Joey just looks over me, and goes, "We're practicing, not playing." And I said, <laughs> "Oh shit! All right." <laughs> this was, I think, it was like my first camp too. And so I was just like, "All right, yeah, I'm gonna just stop talking." <laughs> And that's just Joey's personality, though. He, he he meant nothing by it. He was just having fun, just especially being the new guy, just giving you a little shit. And all we know, all of a sudden, farmers are shortstop, and I'm just kind of like, so he does play short. All right, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's all time. What a Joey Votto story, dude. He is, he's something, man. He is something. Yeah. But let's talk about Amir, man, because obviously I'm really good friends with Amir. Um, what, what what's he like? Is kind of like a veteran. Just kind of ro- ro- roaming around that dugout, or just especially you being like a young guy, like did he have any impact on you, or teach you how to be like a, a big leaguer or anything like that? Uh, I mean, Amir was very like welcoming, so I I, I appreciate that. Like he would talk to you, everything. Um, actually, I miss having him around because his energy's good. The guy's always in a good mood, just having fun. So I I mean, I didn't get to play with him. So, I mean, I know during a game, Amir definitely turns it into a different dude like locked in ready to compete so every time i was with amir it was just amir clowning around um <laughs> but yeah Amir's great dude. what was the what was the perception like because i'm assuming Which you most were people what were you saying Seth? i think most people probably just like watching pitch and stuff and they like think that he's like some serious guy and he's just like the complete opposite Oh, he's the greatest. He's the, he's my favorite, man. He's the reason why I started this podcast. He's the one that told me to do it. So he's, he's my guy, but what was the perception like when in the minor leagues or whatever, when Amir charged those pirates, like, was that just blowing up in the group chats or like, what was going on there? Yeah. I mean, we had all, I mean, I think we, this is probably the year I was in a uh, short season and yeah, it was crazy. I mean, especially, I think we watched it. I think, there was was it a replay or something? I remember being at a restaurant and seeing it for the first time, and 
yeah, I mean, ever since then, like, that's the only, I didn't know who Amir was. So at first you're just kind of like, shit, like, I'm not going to mess with this dude <laughs> at all. Like, I'm not, if he talks to me, that's it. But like, I'm staying, I'm staying away. But no, dude, he's the complete opposite. He's a great dude. He is. Yeah, he's all time. But so this is the last thing I want to talk about. I wanted to ask you. So I love just hearing about the big leagues and I love hearing about the off field stuff. And we, I always ask this to our guests and we've had some really good answers. What is, what's the biggest difference off the field in the show? Like, cause we had Tyler Glasnow say it's the water pressure of the locker rooms. Tyler Matzik said, it's just having access to any single hoodie you want or shorts or t-shirt, whatever you want. They get it for you in your locker in a minute. What's your thing where it's like, this is, this is the show. This is what makes it different than the minor leagues or just college or anything. I'd say the food, just having food accessible, just 24 seven, like at any time. I mean, if you want, yeah, I mean, there's always good options out, but like, if you don't even want that, you can be like, Hey, can I get a burger or a quesadilla or something? They just cook it up for you. Like, I think that's probably something that's completely different. Like the minor leagues. Dude, I've heard stories of I heard Milwaukee has the best. Is that true? Milwaukee best has a food? great spread. Yeah, like a great spread for uh, the players. No chance. Really? Yeah, no, I'd put that like bottom five. Really? You know who I heard yeah. that from? I, I heard like they have like like they I could that could be a different team. I maybe actually, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm pretty sure Amir said that was the shittiest. Now that I think about it, Amir said that <laughs> was the shittiest. Did. Yeah, Amir said that was the shittiest to me. Yeah, that I'm okay. So, what is the best spread then? Like, what team gave you the best spread? Yankees, without a doubt. Really? Yeah, you, I mean, you got someone there like slicing like prime rib. They've got like pizza. <laughs> they've got, they've got steak, lobster, pasta. The last day they have sushi. They got it all. Is your, is your like fiance asking you, like, I'm going to need some stuff brought up to me because I'm seeing what this spread you're pulling up to? I mean, it, it looks electric. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, sometimes after the game, I take some stuff home, and she's definitely like, what do you got in there? <laughs> Dude, that's yeah. a, that's sick, man. I, I It's funny because I'm, like, the biggest Yankee hater of all time, but you got to tip your cap and appreciate, like, they do treat the, like, the media guys, like, with really good food, and they do treat the opposing players. Were you getting roasted there by the fans? You pitched there, right? No. No, I didn't pitch there. Oh, okay. So you, you, didn't have, no, you don't have to I, worry about fans, call, like, just throwing piss at you and shit. Yeah, no, I was literally just there. I was taking it in. I was enjoying <laughs> it. I pitched the day before we got there. That's all time. Yeah, I do want to all... throw there. Though. That'd be awesome. I want to throw yeah. there. Where else we go? I want to throw at Boston. Oh, my God, dude. That bullpen is – they are, like, pretty much on you in that bullpen. Yeah, I know. Right? I see videos of that shit all the time. <laughs> like Garrett Cole getting called, yeah. like, Kermit and shit right behind while yeah. he's warming up. Those fans Kinda are – like Philly. You, uh, you played in Philly, right? I think you had two starts yeah. there, three starts there this year. Yeah, were, were they bad with you? Because they were like a, they uh, were good, so it was packed. Yeah, I mean they definitely they definitely chirp you, but that dude honestly, I don't even really. You're not listening to it. Like maybe if there's one guy just wearing you out, but there wasn't anybody just like consistently wearing me out. Well, just so you know, when you guys do come to Toronto, I got you. Like I I, I have a pulse on the fans here. I will. There will no be there will there will be no Nick Lodolo hate coming out of the Toronto <laughs> fan base this year. What is it? We'll end it with this. What's your favorite city you've visited so far? Like that you've never been to before or anything like that? Uh, God, let me think. Favorite city. I had never been to Chicago. 
I had been to New York and stuff like that. I had never been to Chicago and that was pretty sweet. I mean, you see growing up in California, I mean, you, you watch a lot of Wrigley uh, games there, especially because of the day games. So on the West coast, they're early. It's the only thing on. Um, so getting to play there and yeah, the city is pretty cool. I, I had no idea Chicago was, I mean, I knew it was a big city, but like just walking around and stuff and how, how nice it is. It was pretty cool. Yeah. That, I mean, that, yeah, you got, you'll like Toronto, bro. You, I, you, That's I what know. everybody, everybody said Toronto's sweet. That was, every, so if you were probably asked anybody who actually went on that trip this year, that's exactly what they would say. Yeah. Cause you know, what's crazy is you guys were here during Canada day or not Canada day. Sorry. You were here during like the long weekend. So it will, every, every game had like 50,000 people there. That was sick. That was yeah, a sick weekend. That was yeah. a sick weekend. I know Hunter green pitched. I know Ashcraft pitched and Votto kind of, I, I think Votto raked that week, week too. Yeah. And, he hit uh, a homer. I know that. And yeah, that was where Graham debuted. Yes. And he's, that's yeah. the first time I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Cause I remember, I yeah. think, I think the score was like two, one or something like that. Just absolutely carved. So that is sick. But anyways, man, like I said, dude, I, I'll be coming down to Philly or Cincy to watch you pitch this year. It's only like, like I said, seven, eight hours. I love visiting my guys, but, uh, I, I will always, always have respect for guys that go toe to toe with me. It, it just, it, it, you I'll always have respect for those type of dudes, man. I'll be rooting for you and just know, man, online presence. I will be roasting people that come at you now. I'm a Lodolo guy till I die. <laughs> and if any, I will do, I'll do the little keyword searches on Twitter to make sure the waters are clear when people are trying to come at you and I'll be going right back at them. So just know I'm your burner account now. I'm All your right. personal burner. All right. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, brother. It. Good luck this year, man. And uh, like I said, dude, I really appreciate you coming on this, dude. No problem. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.